right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Camp Podcast, brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear and Vitalized Seed. This week, I've got uh, Andy Mann. Andy, how are you doing today, man? Doing great, buddy. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I know it. Uh, I had a, a opening open up today, so I appreciate the, the short notice and getting on here. No, that's perfect, man. I was I got your message there, and I was like, that's perfect. It saved me from uh, doing it tomorrow, so I do really appreciate that. How uh, how's the how's everything going in postseason here? You're into a uh, high end of basketball season right now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good, man. It's you know I love watching my daughter play ball and and working with her and you know just trying to teach her um, maybe some of the things I wish I was taught you know at that age you know about just hard work and you know discipline and that sort of thing and you know a lot of those uh, qualities I think. I instilled more in myself in the, the later years, you know, I didn't, I, I grew up, I had a dad, but, uh, he wasn't really around all that much. So kind of missed out on a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm having a, a lot of fun, a lot of enjoyment teaching that stuff to my daughter and just kind of seeing her thrive. Um, so yeah, real busy with that. That's kind of been eating up a lot of the time, which is totally fine. Um, I'm having a blast with that, but I've been out scouting a little bit too. Um, I'm going to go out right after this. I've been out probably three or four times. It's been a good, uh, you know, a good January, February, because we haven't had a ton of snow um, up here in Michigan. So it's, it's actually been some pretty good scouting conditions. So I've already, I've already been out for, you know, good three or four scouting uh, missions and I'm going to get out today too. So looking forward okay. to that. Yeah. It's been a crazy year without snow. I'm up in Northern Michigan and, we literally okay. just got just got snow on Friday, and I mean I oh, green wow. grass in my yard. <laughs> pretty, yeah. uh, pretty crazy, but yeah, it's been a good year for that. I mean, get out, find those trails, and uh, you know, find where these deer are hiding at. Uh, how did uh, how was your season this year? You did pretty decent. Yeah, man, it was good. It started. Um, gosh, let's see. I, I started with uh, some other species, kind of in the spring. I went down to Texas with a buddy who, um, you know, he had some connections down there and got to do a little bit of access deer hunting and like hog hunting more or less. Um, I, I was, I've always been really interested in hunting access deer because I've heard they're a really tough bow hunt, um, on the ground, like spot and stalk, but I was really, um, really kind of interested in trying to, uh, I don't know, just stay more active with the bow hunting kind of throughout the year, not, not 365, but you know, it's, it's hard sometimes, even for me, someone that's been doing a long, long time to, you know, you go, you go all winter, you know, all spring, maybe, maybe you do a bow hunting turkey hunt or something, but then you go, you know, all that summer without really getting in the game with critters. And yes, you're practicing in the backyard, but uh, you know, nothing can really substitute for the real thing, you know, that real pursuit and uh you know trying to get an arrow into a a real live critter so i was interested in in trying to do that just to kind of keep the skills sharp maybe develop some new ones so i went down there and did some hog hunting uh did the access deer um and it was a blast man it was really cool it was it was neat to just kind of get in that that mindset of a, a bow hunt in the spring you know um yeah so it, it was cool i got a lot of practice and killed some hogs um, I was unsuccessful on the access. I never really got a good shot at one. Um, came back. Um, then it was turkey season here and killed a couple turkeys in Michigan and Ohio. Um, that was great. Uh, one with the bow, one with the gun. And 
then I actually went back to Texas in June for the rut. Um, it's the Axis deer rut. And that was incredible. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was insane. I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. It's, it's very, very similar to like hunting elk in the fact that the stags, which are, you know, the bucks, they're, they're very vocal, you know, they roar and it's like an elk will bugle, they'll roar and they, they act very much like elk in, in the way that they kind of gather up a herd and they, they push a herd and then there'll be like satellite bucks around. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so much fun. It was really hot, you know, hundred degrees, 98 degrees. So that was, the conditions were tough. But man, what a challenging bow hunt. I mean, just they're they're just so um they're so keen and they're so spooky and they're so aware. And the Texas um terrain, at least where I was, kind of that brush country. I mean, it does set up fairly well for spot and stock, but I mean, to get a good, you know, 50 yard and in shot is really tough. I mean, a lot of your shots, if you're capable, are are gonna be at longer distances. So it took it took a while, but I ended up getting one. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, that was kind of like a bucket list hunt for me. And you know, got out, got the the rack home and the meat, and we've just been eating that meat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good. I want to I want to go back again. Is so, it as good um, as they say it is? The meat. It's very 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 good. Yeah, it's right up there. Um, axis deer, antelope, elk. I mean, they're they're right up there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have trouble. A lot of times, like I don't know if I have a favorite. It really just comes down to how it's prepared. But those yeah. those three are are right up there for me. Um, and then I guess that took me into like early fall. I went on my first bear hunt, and um, that was really cool. I was able to to arrow a nice nice boar, um, and I got to learn like the whole. My buddy is a a big bear hunter, so I got to learn. Um, the whole process of like baiting bears. This was in the north, so not okay. really spot and stalk. Um, and and you know what? I, I never really, I never really had a lot of interest in in going to hunt bear in general. Uh, I mean, it was there, but it was like so far down the priority list. I was like, yeah, I'll do it one of these years. Well, I got talking to my buddy, and um, he's like, yeah, man, why don't you come up? You can stay with me. And I was like, shoot, I, you know, I've been saying it for years. I'm going to do it one of these one of these times. So I was like, I'm going to go do it. So I drove up and I met him in June and he kind of walked me through um, his process of like picking a, a, a bear bait site. How do you pick it and, you know, establishing it and, you know, picking out spots to hunt out of and all that thing just to kind of because I wanted to be a part of that process. I didn't want to just show up and, you know, climb a tree and, you know, be hunting over a bait. Pile. I wanted to establish my own and kind of learn that process. And he runs about 10 to 12 bait sites over a large span of area. And, uh, oh man, I was, I was, uh, really impressed and amazed at how much effort is put in there. I mean, we did a whole day, we got about eight sites baited and we were just smoked at the end. I mean, I mean, you're, you're carrying heavy, heavy weight in, or you're, you're pulling it in like a, um, like a little like a little two wheel, uh, wagon carrier or a jet sled. And I mean, you're carrying a lot of food for these bears and it is, you might be going a quarter of a mile. You might be going 300 yards. You might be going a half mile or a mile, depending on where it is. So it was, I have a whole, whole new respect for those guys and I can see why they like it. And, uh, so I was able to establish my own. Um, we put a camera on it. Then I came back and, you know, just kind of, 
did my normal stuff. And then I went back in August and we were able to check a few sites and found and found several sites that had bears hitting it. So um ended up getting a bear on day three. I sat I sat all day for two days, killed a bear on day three. Good, good bear, not a giant, but like a good, you know, a good looking boar, um, right in that 200 pound range. Um, for for in that area, I think is a good respectable, um, good respectable boar. And I put a good shot on him, which feels good short track job and then uh, came home with all that bear meat we've been eating that and that's good too so <laughs> is it off there i was gonna ask. yeah oh man yeah it's incredible i mean you gotta you gotta take a little more care cooking it but um yeah man gosh it's 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 good we i'm just uh super thankful to be able to have a freezer full of all this wild game you know it saves it saves us so much money for one with meat prices but it's just it's such a good feeling to to eat that and bring it home and have your family eat it, enjoy it. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm really, uh, I've always been into that, but I'm even getting more into it now, just wanting to try new species and just for the, the food, you know, the food and, and trying them. So, um, that was kind of like the start of my 2023, um, you know, very successful, very fun. And, um, do you want me to get right into like the deer stuff? Well, I was, yeah, let's do that. But let's, uh, I want to ask you one question on it. So are you hooked on the bear now? Is it something that you're going to go pursuing more often than not? I, I think so. Yeah, man. I'd like to, I had a lot of fun and I liked being able to do that. So my plan now is maybe to go on a spring hunt and I'm going to go up, you know, it's about six hours from me. So I don't know. I spend a lot of time driving in the car, so it's not that big a deal. Like I could drive six hours and turn around and drive six hours back. It's not that big a deal Damn. to me. So um yeah i think i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna you know reestablish my site and you know when i come back my buddy will you know he'll keep it going um and then uh yeah i think i'm gonna try to go this spring and if if not this spring then then maybe early fall we'll see but um yeah it is something i want to do and then eventually when i have more time with work and stuff which you know if everything keeps going the way it's going um you know i kind of have a long-term plan where i should have some more flexibility in a couple of years then i then i'll be wanting to go um more out west maybe a spot and stalk bear hunt something like that because that's that's something i definitely want to do um but yeah i'm kind of hooked on the bear thing and and again um, i'm more interested in just staying active with the bow bow hunting turkeys bow hunting hogs bow hunting bear you know just kind of spread it out so i kind of have something to look forward to and i kind of i have this uh it kind of keeps me in bow hunting shape meaning i'm shooting i'm feeling deadly like the gears dialed in the arrow setups dialed in i'm I'm accurate um instead of like taking a long span off and then coming back in the fall and uh you know sometimes that's hard like sometimes i come back in the fall and i'm like i'm a little out of sorts like those first few hunts you know climbing up in a tree or you you know, maybe draw on a doe or, or a buck or something. So it's like, man, it's been such a long gap. You feel like I don't even know how to do this anymore. You know, it's like kind of got to get warmed up. So this is, this has been pretty helpful. Um, just finding kind of, you know, cheap, affordable ways to just kind of stay active with the bow. Um, that makes so, yeah. so much sense. That makes so much yeah. sense. You saying that, I mean, being, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I didn't, I just picked my bow back up. Oh, two weeks ago for to start league and I hadn't shot probably since, you know, November. And it, you know, I exactly know exactly what you're saying with that. You know, I wasn't quite comfortable shot like shit. And then, you know, <laughs> so if you keep it going like that, it makes a lot of sense. But I was curious about the bear thing. Cause I, same thing. I've never had really never had an interest to go kill a bear. 
And yeah. uh, everyone keeps saying, you know, once you do it, you're going to really enjoy it. So I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Definitely recommend if you can. Um, it's, it's not always possible, but, you know, trying to be as uh, much a part of the process as you can. And even if just just learning the process, seeing how much work goes into finding these these sites, because it's not as easy as just going out and throwing stuff in the woods. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it's about finding one close to where they're betting. Similar if like you were going to try to say bait, maybe a big buck or something. You'd want to know kind of where he's living, where he's betting, you know, the good areas and try to get up tight to that. Well, it, it's the same thing with these with these bear and these guys put in so much work. Um, it's a lot of work. So a lot of respect there. And, and it was really fun to learn about that. You know, I see why those guys kind of fall in love with that northern country, big woods, big swamps. You know, it feels like there's no critters around, but they're in there, you know, and you just got to scout just like you would a deer and, and pick the right locations. And that's how that's how you're successful. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, let's, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the whitetail. Yep. So um, I went to, um, actually, uh, before whitetail started, I went to Oregon. I drew a mule deer tag in Oregon. But believe it or not, I only had three days to hunt, which, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I did, I'm so crazy in this way because I look at it as, like, uh, well, it's three days of mule deer hunting. Like, I love mule deer hunting. It's worth it. And then I'm like, well, if I do that two years in a row, that's six days. If I do it three years in a row, it's nine. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to get one in nine days of hunting. Um, but that is a long way for three for three days of hunting in unfamiliar country. Never been there before. Never scouted there before. Had no idea really what it looked like other than maps. And, uh, you know, I had to fly out there, uh, met up with a buddy. He showed me around a little bit and tried that for three days. I was unsuccessful. I was in a unit. Um on one side of the road, he was in a unit on the other side of the road. So I couldn't hunt over there. He was covered up in big buck. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never saw a shooter and we were like so close. Um, but it was, it was really cool because I was able to, um, after the first two days, like I just was striking out everywhere and and he was into him, but he wasn't quite, you know, uh, quite getting it done. So I was able to help him out with, you know, some glassing and some scouting and stuff like that. So I kind of just transitioned to like, man, he's into him. Let's just focus on these. And he ended up getting a really nice buck, a really beautiful buck. It was actually, um, it was half full velvet, half hard antler. Really? You know, That's cool. Yeah. It was incredible, man. I mean, just such a unique, uh, unique animal. And he was so pumped, man. And it, it, and I, I was like, so thankful that I was there. I was like, thank God I came, you know, because I love that. I love being with my friends when they're successful and being a part of that. And I did not care one bit about my, uh, my unfilled tag. I kind of felt like this was a long shot, you know, yeah. um, you know, but it is just one of those deals. I, I just wanted to do it. Um, that was really my only mule deer hunt, um, last year. So, then I started whitetail hunting. Let me think here. Um, gosh, I should have thought about this a little before I got on here. Oh, uh, <laughs> so trying to think what my first buck was. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So my first, um, my first buck was actually out of state. Um, I actually went to Maryland. So I, I was on some deer here in Michigan and uh, Ohio. Honestly, I had some like mistakes, missed opportunities. I was on some very, very nice deer um, in both states and just, it, it, I was just missing the mark, man. I was like making the right call. I was seeing, like I'd go after a, a buck and I would go hunt and I'd see that buck. 
you know, but he was like just out of range. And I'd go here after this buck and I would get in an encounter with that buck. But it just it just the things weren't quite lining up. And that took me into um, like late October time frame. So um, I ended up going down to Maryland or over to Maryland, I guess I should say. And I had been there in the past. So I'm kind of familiar with this area. Um, it's kind of a this this spot that I'm hunting. Um, it's a really pretty kind of rolling hill type terrain. There's some creek bottoms and stuff. Um, but it's just it's just a really pretty like uh, kind of little drainages with fingers coming out but then there's like these sorghum fields and the area in particular is extremely high deer density um but extremely high deer hunting pressure also so it's kind of a give and take there's a lot of bucks there um there's a lot of nice bucks there's even some giants like if you get into more like the suburban you know suburban areas onto some private um but this this place in particular sets up really well i like it because it sets up well to glass and I drove all the way there and got there in the morning, um, hiked up to this knob, and I was sitting up on this knob on daybreak, and I was overlooking the sorghum fields, and I see a group of deer, and I see a couple of bucks in there. One in particular, he's, actually, he's right, right back there, right back there <laughs> on the wall. Um, so he he was like a, a nice, tall rack, big, big eight, and I'm like, oh, man, that's a shooter. And then there was another one with him that was like, I don't know, the next level down, probably one. 10 or 115 ish maybe then another buck and then a couple of does and they're filtering out of this sorghum field and they're kind of going into one of these drainages and like i said earlier there's these fingers that are sticking out and where i'm located i can see the finger and i see that they go right behind the finger so like if this is the finger they come right off the fields behind the finger into this drainage so now i got like a like a, a travel path there where i saw them enter so I gave it some time. I let the wind kind of kick up a little bit. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in there midday and scout, see if I can see exactly where they entered, see if there's a, a good exit trail of them coming back out for the evening. And I go in there and um, it's it's pretty warm. Um, it's kind of like above average temperatures. I don't know if you remember that time frame, but it kind of it, the temperatures kind of shot up right in that late October time frame for, I don't know, a week or so. And I get in there and I see right coming out of that drainage, there's a nice big scrape there that's fresh. And I was like, okay, you know, it was worked over. I see some tracks and stuff kind of going to the drainage and I'm I'm going in there. And I start like looking around and, you know, starting to pick out a tree. And uh, I, I'm looking around, I see a tree and then I see another one, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 yards. So I just take a few more steps in there. And then all of a sudden I hear something get up and take off. And I look and I just see a big rack. Oh no. Oh, take no. it off. <laughs> And I'm like, oh no, you know, so, but it was one of those things where I felt like he didn't see me. I don't think he smelled me because the vegetation was still very thick there. Um, but I think he heard something. So I ended up sitting there that night. I got in that tree that I found, ended up sitting there that night and had some deer, um, kind of filter through, but no shooters, um, a couple little bucks, some does, but they came through, but they were just out of range. So I ended up picking out a tree about 30 yards further ahead of me. And th this, this spot in particular is, is weird because um, you can't access this piece of ground until 9 a.m. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so it does keep a lot of people out. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that's like you, you can hunt it, but you can't access it till 9 a.m. and then you can hunt it the rest of the day. So it's more, people tend to 
on it like in the evenings or maybe in the rut they'll get in there early but there was very little pressure um now because it was kind of that late october time frame and it was hot it was like 80 degrees um so anyway i sat up on that knob the next morning see if i could see that same group of bucks didn't see them um saw some deer didn't see the buck but i felt like you know I, I just felt like that I spooked that buck, but I didn't seem to spook him bad. Um, he, I know he didn't see me because I didn't even see him until like he was running away and he wasn't even running away like hard. He was just kind of like trot, trot, trot. So I just felt like that's, you know, I got to go in there and give that a sit. So I ended up going in there midday, setting up in that new tree. And that yeah, was kind of covering all those exit trails a little better. And then um, right in the evening, um, I started seeing some deer, some doubles started filtering out, some buck. And then I see that that one fifteen buck, and I'm like, oh sweet, you know, this is the this is the group. If he joined the group, you know, I, I feel pretty good about it. And then yeah, maybe 20, 30 minutes before dark, I see antlers coming and you know, nice big, nice big frame. I don't know if you can see him right back there. Maybe. I can, yep. I can, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep, nice. You know, he's like 140 inch eight. Um heck yeah. Yeah, he's just a cool looking deer. Um, but anyway, yeah, he comes and you know, he's 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 nervous, he's alert, but he sees all these other deer that are passing by me and it just kind of put him at ease. So he ended up slipping by and uh I got an arrow on him at like I don't know, it's 24 yards or so, but put a good shot on him. So he he didn't go far, ended up recovering him with a buddy. And uh yeah, so that was a good start to the whitetail. Um, and then it just kind of everything was just a whirlwind. It was like I had a kind of a slow start to the whitetail season. Then all of a sudden it was just like boom, boom, boom. So um come back to Michigan. It's it's like maybe five days later. Um, I go into this piece of ground that I had scouted quite a bit. Um, I knew there were some good bucks out there, and I had hunted this piece of ground one other time, but I hunted it in a different location. So I went in with my saddle, not really sure where I was going to set up. I was just going to go in, kind of read the sign. You know, it's, we're in early November now. This was November 4th, so a sign is really popping. And um, I I dumped down into this river bottom, and I'm starting to see all these scrapes open up. And I'm kind of getting the feeling like I came off some crops. And I'm seeing all these scrapes. I'm like, okay, you know, these deer are bedded along this river bottom. And I'm getting a lot of, a big concentration of sign, like, right here. So I think, uh, you know, some of these bucks are at least coming out of this river bottom right in this this area. Maybe scent checking because it dumped down. These fields are up high. They dumped down into this river bottom. And then I found a spot where there was, I don't know how many, 10, 12 scrapes maybe, you know, in like a 100-yard area um and i just felt real confident in that spot and um i find this tree where i can kind of shoot out into the low spot of this field but i can also shoot into the river bottom a little bit and um the night started kind of slow um then all of a sudden in the river bottom i start seeing um deer movement you know deer coming my way and i'm looking and you know i'm glassing and i still see doe 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 like all these antlerless deer coming there's a big group of them and all of a sudden they're coming and they come and end up coming out like not under me, but, you know, within bow range. And at one point I had, I don't know, 12 or 14 antlerless deer kind of like all around. <laughs> and, you know, I love the saddle and, um, you know, I, I use it a lot. I don't I'm not exclusively a saddle hunter, but I do love using it, um, especially like running gun like that. But absolutely you get 
you get in a spot where deer are kind of lingering around, you know, and then you're in the saddle and it's like, there were so many of them. It's not like I could move around the backside because there were other deer over there too. So it's like, you're kind of holding still and you're kind of sticking out, you know, sooner or later, one of them is going to be like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, that tree looks weird. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't know. That, that kind of looks, looks weird. You know, it's just like, they were, they're just lingering around too far. One of them gets nervous, starts trotting off. And then the whole herd, you know, they're just like back into the river bottom. And and only one of them thinks they saw something they didn't like. They didn't smell me. So they go back into that river bottom right where I'm expecting all these deer to come. But they're like not blowing or anything because nothing smelled me. So I grab my grunt call. And as they're running back, I just start going like a buck chasing, you know, because they 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 made some racket going in there just with their, you know, their trotting and noise. It's just like, I, I'm trying to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons here. Maybe just maybe I can make a buck that is in earshot think that, hey, there's another buck chasing some does around. So I just let out some loud grunts and uh, just let it go. And then all of a sudden I see those does kind of calm down and they ended up meandering off a different way or whatever. So nothing happened right at that moment. Then maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes goes by and all of a sudden I see movement like, you know, cruising buck down in the river bottom. And I look, I put up the glass and it's a, it's a beautiful Michigan buck. And I'm like, oh man, now did he hear me do that grunt? And he's like, now I'm getting out of bed. I'm going to go check. Or was he just cruising? I don't know. But I feel like sometimes those little moves like that, those little decisions that you make, like I did with the grunt call, sometimes those little things can make or break a hunt. You know, and, and just maybe fool a deer that is in range or, you know, within earshot of uh, earshot range anyway. And um, it might not, it may not um, come out as like a successful hunt that night, but maybe he's just like, oh, there's a buck up there and he doesn't go up there, but he's not spooked out of the area. You know what I mean? So it's just yep. like, well, sometimes little things, there's opportunities like that where maybe you can make something out of nothing, I guess. Um, but anyway, he's cruising to the river bottom. And I give him a grunt and he does not even stop. He doesn't even look at me. So I burp again. And he's just kind of nose to the ground looking. And, and I mean, it was odd because most of the time you'd run at a buck and he's, he'll at least stop and look. This, this deer didn't even lift his head. And I know he could hear me. So then I do a snort wheeze and ignored it. So I'm like, okay, you know, this buck is not feeling it. So I just let him get out of view. I mean, I watch him for another probably 45 seconds and he's just, away from me into the river bottom. I grab out my antlers. I let right as he gets out of view, I hit the antlers together. And one thing I noticed about calling bucks is it's much more effective if you can call where they can't see from, you know, they can't see where you're at. So they have to come up or around or through something to be able to see where that call is from. And obviously, too, if you can have something downwind you where they can't circle downwind, in this case, for me, it was a field. Yes, he, he can circle out into the field, but, you know, mature bucks, you know, at least it's something. It's something that maybe yeah. might, might keep them in the cover. So anyway, I clash the antlers together, you know, just kind of rattle them together for a few seconds. And all of a sudden, I see him coming. He turned, totally did a, a turn, and here he comes. So I put those away, grab the bow, and he's kind of like looking up in the field. But again, you know, I think he's thinking there's um, a buck, you know, a couple bucks up in this overgrown field, maybe sparring or fighting, and he can't see up there. He has to come up and over to be able to see. And, you know, he was upwind too, so he couldn't he couldn't really circle downwind without, he would have took, 
most likely he would have had to come within range of me, but he could have took a wide, a wide circle, uh, potentially. Okay. But anyway, he came out and, um, kind of looked around and then, you know, didn't see nothing. And then came, came through a little more to go investigate that and gave me like a 25 yard shot. And again, I put just another beautiful shot on him and I don't know, he went 60 yards or so. So, you know, that was, that was really cool. So, I mean, right there, you know, two hunts, you know, very quick, you know, slip in and kill them. Both times I was in that tree, that kill tree for the very first time. Um, and that's a common theme with a lot of my kills is like that, you know, that first time in or maybe second time in is, is really when you want to try to capitalize. Um, so that was November 4th. And then, gosh, when did I kill this next buck? So, okay, I kind of have to, this next one was the most meaningful one the whole season. And he's not even the biggest one, but he's the one I'm, I'm most proud of because um, I knew about this buck last year and I knew he was an old deer last year, but he kind of had like a crappy six point rack, like 110 inches, kind of heavy, short beams. Like you could just tell he's, a, he's an old buck. Um, I wasn't really interested in hunting him because there were just some bigger deer that I had, but, I, but I, in the back of my mind, I was like, he might be a cool deer next year. You know, if he puts on a little bit of size. So, um, I scouted it a lot after the season. I ran a trail camera out there all season last year. So I had a, a, multiple cameras actually. So I had a bunch of Intel on this buck. You know, when he was in there the most, where he seemed to be coming from, you know, I had it, I had one on a scrape and he was hitting that, you know, a couple times a week. So I'm starting to like put the puzzle pieces to this, this buck together. And I didn't know if he made it. Um, but then early fall, I got my first picture of him and I was like, wow, he put on some size, you know, he turned into like a, like a 135 probably class type buck, um, really good math. Had a little kicker, um, and he had this really neat rack that the the beams went out and down and then up, and then the brow tines went straight back. <laughs> so it was just, really, yeah, okay. just had some cool, you know, just kind of some cool character, you know. And he was now he's like probably like a maybe a, I'm guessing like a five year old buck, maybe could be older. Um, but anyway, I had some I had some intel on him, and this particular area um, is is very wide open. It's very flat. It's kind of in that like Southern Michigan, Northern Ohio type area there. Very flat, very small woodlots, low deer density, um, high pressure for the amount of cover that's in there. Um, but these, these patches of cover are small. They consist of like little hedgerows, little tiny woodlots. Um, you know, occasionally you'll get a, a bigger woods, but I mean, maybe 20 acres, 15 acres, something like that would be big. So it's, it's, it's a challenging area to hunt because it, the deer are so visual, but it's also heavy farming ground. So, you know, that time of year, you know, October and going into November, you know, you got the beans are usually out. You got some corn up, some corn down, but the corn gives the, the deer a lot of cover throughout the fall. So I hunted this buck a lot through October, um, right up before I left for Maryland. And then even when I got back from Maryland, I hunted him like a day or two. And I was seeing this buck every other time I went out and I hunted him strictly from the ground. And, um, just because this, the way, the, where this deer was living and where I kept seeing him was out in the open and he was always out in the middle of these fields. He would come out of corn or he'd come out of this little hedgerow. And then they'd go right out into the middle of this cut bean field. And there'd be six or seven of them out there. And they're just out there three, 400 yards with nothing around them, no way to get to them. 
But then, you know, then they start moving this way back to the corn or they start moving this way back to the hedgerow. And then I wanted to be on foot so I could make a maneuver, you know? Yep. So I would glass them out of these pine trees and um, I'd see them come out, you know, pretty, pretty regularly. Like I was saying, like probably every other hunt or so I was seeing them. And that's what they would do, man. They would get out there and they, he wouldn't respond to calls um, because it just wasn't a good setup. And I, more times than not, I would just kind of watch them out there until dark. And then they'd slowly start making their way my way, but it'd be too late. One time, one time he was following a doe right to me and they're, they're coming out of the field and I'm in these pines and I'm, I'm moving like this. They're moving like this. It's, it's working out really good. And I get a little wind uh, switch last minute. And the doe ended up winding me and taking the buck away. He never winded me though. And I think that was really important in like mm-hmm. the future hunts of that buck. So I had a really close call there with him. Um, and then I don't know, you, you were up north, so maybe you guys didn't experience this, but there was a day in it was late October, I think. Um, I can't remember if it was early November or late October, but it was weird. We had like this freaking blizzard snowstorm come in, and it was like 10 minutes long. I mean, just whiteout conditions to just maybe maybe it was 20 minutes, but I'm talking like that kind of snow blowing where you're on the road and like you have to pull over because you can't see. Yep. And it was just out of the blue and it started and all of a sudden we have a blanket of snow and then it just stopped. And that just so happened that day, I you know, I had my bow and I brought my decoy out, my, my uh, heads up decoy, and I have a little stake that I made for it. So... I started to think like, okay, you know, this buck is always staying out. I need something that might draw him in. So I go out and I stack, stack this uh, decoy out in these, this patch of weeds. And I'm sitting there on the ground and the snow just starts coming. And within, I'm talking within four or five minutes, the whole ground is covered with snow. My bow, everything is is white. I'm white. I'm looking out in the field. I can barely see my decoy and it's 20, 20 yards away. I'm like, holy crap. So I'm like down, I'm looking at my phone, like, how long is this going? And I see the thing, I see it's going to blow over soon. And all of a sudden I like look up and I literally couldn't see across the field. I could just make out my decoy. And then also I look up and he's standing at my decoy. (laughs) No way. No way. Yeah. And I'm on the ground and it's blowing snow and it is white as can be. And I'm like, holy crap. He the decoy is here. He walks right by the decoy and now he's circling around to come downwind of it between him and I. So I get my bow ready and I pull back. And as I'm pulling back, I look and I mean, my arrow has like oh. <laughs> a quarter inch of snow, the length of it. My cams are white. My the, the limbs are white. Everything is the rest is, is it, it's just caked with snow. And it's just like, I never, I never even had time to think to like clean it off. You know, it's yeah. just everything happened so fast. But anyway, he's he's out there at like he kind of circles around the decoy and then he's he's kind of you could tell he's gonna circle downwind of it, but he's out there probably 30 yards. And I'm oh before I drew back, I, I'm trying to range and my my thing is all caked and I'm like, you know, trying to get it. I was like, I think he's 30. I drop back and there he is at, at 30, and I put the 30 yard pin on him. And my arrow, when I released that arrow, it literally like dove in the dirt. It hit like right where his oh. feet were. All that extra weight you think from the snow on it? I guess I just, don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like that wet snow, and it was really yep. cold. So I'm wondering if I didn't even get a little ice chip ah. coating on there. Just added a bunch of weight to it through the through the flight of it off or whatever. But it, it hit right by his feet, and uh, he's just like you know he jumped 
he had no idea. He had no idea. He just jumps, and then all of a sudden he starts walking away into the snow towards the standing field. I literally, I grab my quiver, slap it on, knock an arrow, and I go, I'm basically running after this buck. He's walking in the snow. I'm running after him. And uh, he's just like, all of a sudden he just starts trotting. He still has no idea I'm right behind him because it's snowing <laughs> so hard. And, you know, eventually he kind of, he... Uh, creates some distance between us and he goes into this cornfield and I go in right after him and uh, never saw him again that night. But so I, you know, I'm pretty bummed, but at the same time, I'm like, what a cool hunt, you know, what a like, cool, yeah, I was going to say that's, yeah. I was gonna say if you shot him, that's the most ultimate experience I'd ever heard of. That's a great story right there. Yeah. Experience. I was like, I wasn't even, I wasn't even like mad about it. I called my buddies after I was like, I, I, I can't even be mad. It was just such an amazing hunt with the snow and, the decoy and everything but um so anyway a few more hunts after that buck same kind of story man i'm on him i see him he's out there i can't get to him but like i said before like half the time he's coming out of standing corn half the time he's coming out of this little hedgerow and this hedgerow is not big it's maybe 60 yards wide and maybe two three hundred yards long and um it was god i don't remember the date exactly but it was it was after that november 4th buck um, and before our gun season. So it was, you know, probably like November 10th, 11th, I believe it was right in there. Um, but it get a good windy day. Um, it had rained that night. So the leaves were kind of damp and we got a good wind picking up. And I was like, you know what? I got to try to get this buck killed. So I'm going to sneak into that hedgerow and hopefully he's bedded in there and I'm going to hunt him right from the ground. So just the conditions with the wet leaves, you know, they weren't crunchy. I felt like I could move quietly. And then I had the wind kind of blowing vegetation around, which hides my approach because this, this hedgerow is very, it's not big and you get into it and it's like oh, half of it's really wide open. And then the second half is really thick. So that's usually where the, if there is a buck in there, that's usually where he's bedded. So I'm kind of flipping up there, you know, just moving with the wind, trying to keep trees in between where I think he is and where I'm approaching. And I find this spot where I feel like, okay, you know, I don't see him. I think he's, I think there's a decent chance he's in there, but I don't want to like bump him out. So I said, I'm going to set up here and hopefully he comes this way and I can get a shot. I had, I had some pretty good shooting lanes. So I set up on the ground with the saddle behind this big tree. So I put my tether on, get my saddle on and I'm sitting feet on the ground got my bow, you know, kind of ready right here to the side. And I'm just like this, you know, behind the tree glass and just trying to pick out an antler movement, anything. And, uh, all of a sudden on the North side of this hedgerow, I look out in the fields, cut cornfield. And I see a doe and she's out there all by herself. And I'm like, Oh, that's strange. And, um, I don't know. She's out there a little bit eating. And then she goes back in to the hedgerow that I'm, that I'm sitting in. So I'm kind of looking and all of a sudden, I don't know, maybe 20, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, I look out in that field and I see a deer running and I'm like, Oh, that doe's back out there. And I put the thing up and it's that buck. And he's like nose to the ground, right where that doe was. And he's like, you know, doing this, just trying to find her trail. So he must've come across her. She was in heat. He lost track of her. Now he's out in this field, like trying to track her down. And all of a sudden I'm like, Holy smoke. So I unhook the tether, grab my bow, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's windy, so I have some noise, and yep. he's out in this field, so I'm kind of like jogging up to the field edge, and I get down on my my knees right on the field edge, and he's out there, he's out there 120 yards or whatever, and I'm just kind of watching, like trying to, you know, gauge my next move, see what he's going to do, and all of a sudden he turns, 
and he starts coming down one of the rows like parallel to me. So he's like, you know, 120, 100, 80, 60. And then all of a sudden, like he's right in front of me, right? And he's he's yeah. nose to the ground. And I'm trying to get a range on him, but it's like it's windy and it's just like hard and he's moving fast. And I'm like, oh man, it's one of those things where like you get a range on him, but by the time you draw your bow, yeah. he could be five yards further, you know. So it was one of those deals where it's like, it was a longer shot. I needed to be precise. I was like, I have to stop this deer. I have to stop this deer and get a range because I'm not going to, you know, range them at 55 and guess them at 60. I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I grunt, I stop, but I'm down on my knees. So you can't really see. I range and I get a good range, set my sight. And then I come to full draw and he's, he's there broadside and he kind of caught that movement, but he's just looking at me broadside. And I shoot and he, right when I shoot, he kind of turns like back sort of into the arrow and I see it hit him, but I wasn't sure on the hit and he takes off, runs back into the hedgerow. So I gave it like, uh, this was the mistake. Um, I gave, I gave it like 25 minutes or so. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go out and look at the arrow. I had no intention on tracking this deer. Yeah. I'm just going to see if I can find the arrow because I don't know what I hit, you know, he moved, you know, he, he moved and who knows the wind probably blew my arrow a little bit, but I knew I got an arrow in him. The shot felt great. Um, so I, I go out there, I end up finding the arrow and it's like, it's like, um, half the arrows is covered in blood, like good looking blood. And I'm like, all right, well, that's not bad. You know? And then I look, I start looking and I just see stalks with like blood everywhere, you know, like a, a good blood trail. And I'm like, no way, you know? And then I started thinking like, I might've got like an artery or something, so I just take a few steps, like I'm like blood, blood, but keep in mind where I'm at, it's extremely wide open. This hedgerow is very small. And yeah. I just went, I went too soon, too fast. And that, that buck was bedded in that hedgerow, still alive. And he, he saw me out in the field. So all of a sudden, like I was just getting ready to back out. I just kind of wanted to get a direction and travel and look at the blood yeah. and analyze it. All of a sudden I see him get off and get up and take off. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know? I was so mad at myself. So anyway, called some buddies. I let it go. Um, I let him lay overnight because he, he wasn't dead. I'm like, I'm going to go back in the morning and track. Well, I ended up getting on blood and he ended up, when I bumped him, he went 500 yards and I ended okay. up finding him. I ended up finding no him. Stone dead. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. I ended up hitting him a little forward, but the arrow got in there good and, and got into the, uh, it was like, it was like behind the shoulder, but it angled forward in. So there must have been some, a lot of like, you know, vascularity uh, up there because he lost a ton of blood, but it did, it did take him longer than I wanted uh, to die. So, and it was an error on my part to go out there and look, but I thought I needed another piece of the puzzle to know when, what I should do, what's the next step. And I really wanted to see that arrow. Um, yeah. But yeah, so awesome buck. Um, ended up recovering him and uh, was super pumped about that. Because what what a neat, that was a fun, like, cat and mouse with that buck. I oh, probably cool. hunted him 10 to 12 times, um, which is a lot for me to, you know, just try to go after one buck. But it was like, it was one of those deals where I just kept seeing him. And it was just like, the more, more that happened, the more I kept, he kept winning. I just got more and more obsessed with him, you know, more and more obsessed with, with trying to get him. And it was funny because I had other bucks that were bigger, you know, yep, yep. to go after. And my buddies are like, why are you, you know, I mean, he's an awesome buck, but like, why are you, why are you, why are you so hung up on this buck? I was like, well, he just keeps kicking my ass, man. It's driving me nuts. 
So um, ended up getting him, and that was the one. You know, just super proud of that buck. Um, that's the one I like. I, I year mounted him, and I just like every other day I pick him up and I look at him. And it's just there's just so many good memories. Um, so then that takes me. That's that's the three white tails, and there was the last one was um, Ohio, and oh. I was after a really cool. Um, pretty big buck, probably like a mid one fifties buck, which is really big for Northern Ohio. And I was on him for a while, um, more or less like hunting him where I could, and, and, you know, he was kind of like where I could access, where I could hunt. It was kind of one of those deals where he didn't live there. He didn't bed there, but during the rut, he would cruise through there, you know, once, twice a week. So it was one of those deals where you got to just put in the yeah, hours. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I never really crossed paths with him. Um, and then one time, um, <laughs> there, <laughs> this one, yeah. So, so I, I go out there this, this one morning and I sneak into this funnel and, uh, you know, this is the spot where I think I can kill him. And I sit till 11 and I didn't see a single deer. And I was like, huh, well, I was like, it just does not feel like it's happening. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive. It's about 30 miles to a different piece of public ground. I'm going to go in and check some cameras. If there's anything good on there, I'm going to hunt over there. If not, I'm going to come back here. So I leave. I drive over there, go in there. One of my cameras is stolen. The other camera I check, there's nothing real exciting on there. I'm like, okay. So um, I just grab a bite to eat, drive all the way back. And I am, I am, I've written articles about the importance of hunting midday during the ride. Yep. <laughs> so I go back and I climb back up in that before i climb back up in that tree there's a um i have a camera on a on a scrape right there not far so i was like it's midday you know it's high it's warm or whatever i'm just gonna sneak over there and grab the card i sneak over there grab the card climb up in the tree and i'm checking it on my phone and while i was gone that bug came the oh, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there's your next there's the next article <laughs> yeah dude i was like are you kidding me man but um so yeah, I was like, I was pretty bummed about that. So anyway, I hunted that buck a few more times, never saw him again. And then all of a sudden I got a, a picture of him and he had broken off like three times. So I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to let him go because I wasn't, I had already had a good season. I didn't need to yeah. kill another buck. Um, and he is a, kind of a, a special buck where I think like, gosh, if he had one more year, I doubt he, I doubt he makes it. But if he does, you know, he could be like a 160s, who knows, even bigger. Um, so anyway, I just totally vacated that area. I'm going to let that buck alone. Hopefully he makes it. And I didn't really have any other deer in Ohio that I was like super excited about. And that was fine. And we were approaching um, the gun season and I had some trail cameras on public land. I was like, I want to get these off before the gun season because I, you know, people will take them or break them yeah. or whatever. So I go to this spot uh, in the morning. I drive. It's about an hour from my house. And I roll up to this piece at like 9 a.m. And I look out in the field. And, and, and basically what this area, this the, the cover, the woods, is the public land. And then all the fields around it, that's the private. And I look out in this field right outside of the public. And I see two bucks with you know nice racks i see a nine that's probably like 135 you know 140 and then i see an eight that's like right in there um i don't know i'm sorry i see that nine 
And then I see another buck that's smaller and then another buck that's smaller than that. And then a group of does. I didn't see the big eight and I'm watching them. I'm glass. And then all of a sudden they just kind of slowly walk back into the public. So I'm like, shoot, man, I, I grab my bow and I literally just start running in there. And, you know, they're 800, 900 yards down the line, but I get in the, I get in there and I'm just, I'm, I'm burning rubber because I'm thinking like, I need to close the gap quick because I know where yep. they're at right now. You know, if I, if I go slow and sneak in, I mean, they could be who knows where. So I, I'm, I'm hauling butt back in there. And then I start kind of getting to that, like, you know, maybe 650 yards down the line, 700 yards. Then I start slowing it down because I know I'm getting there. And I get up on this little hill and it goes down into a bottom and then it kind of rises up. And I can hear down there, I can hear the leaves of deer running and chasing and, you know, deer moving around. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of sitting there and I'm down, I'm on my knees and I'm like, I'm right behind like this, uh, there's like this down tree. It's like this big trunk. And then the, the roots kind of comes up like this. So I'm, I got a little bit of cover there and I'm just sitting there and I'm trying to look and I can see legs and I can see a little rack and stuff. And I just see deer down there. And then all of a sudden, um, I hear footsteps, you know, it's very dry. The leaves, you can hear them. And I'm looking this way down all the deer activity and I hear the deer coming from this way. I turn and look and it's like this pretty nice, like two-year-old buck and he's coming and he comes right by me and he stops, I don't know, 20 yards from me or so. And he's looking down and he can hear all this deer activity grunting and stuff. Well, he, he starts trotting down that way. So I'm looking and I can't really make anything out other than I can just see deer down there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, all of a sudden I hear something running like up towards me. This is like, I don't know, 15 minutes later, 10, 15 minutes later, something like running towards me. So I grabbed my bow and you know, I got my arrow knocked. I got my release on. It's that same buck that I just saw. And he comes burling past me and I'm like, what the heck? You know? So I'm kind of looking at him and then all of a sudden I just turn my head and I, I see a deer and it's this, it's this big eight with these, huge brow time and i'm like holy crap like he's already he's already in 20 25 yards you know and so i'm just kind of like this behind that tree and i hear him you know yeah. stiff legged and he walks right by me like this and i'm down and i can't see him but i can hear him and then he stops and then all of a sudden i just kind of peek up like this and he's standing there quartering away looking away from me <laughs> No way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Slam dunk. So I, I just took a full draw and I turned and freaking arrowed him right there. And he, he ended up going down the hill and, and crashing. And uh man, it was it was insane, dude. It was incredible. Um, so that was the that was the end of the whitetail season. A a good end there. I was fully prepared not to fill my Ohio tag and I was a hundred percent okay with it, but it just was like one of those hunts where you just never know, you know, you yeah. just never know. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the season in a nutshell. Um, had some, uh, you know, that that's the success. There was a lot of failures, yep. a lot of mistakes. I missed a buck. Um, you know, I uh, just a lot of a lot of missed opportunities through there. Um, so I don't want it to sound like, oh man, I was just lighting them up. No, man, I, I missed I missed a lot of opportunities. I made a lot, lot in. You worked hard to get those. Yeah, there. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I, I made a lot of mistakes and, and, you know, those successes come and, and, you don't always get to talk about, or people don't always get to hear about the mistakes or they think like, man, you know, he's, a, you know, my buddy is my, my one buddy. Um, 
he was just like, man, you always, it seems like you always get it done or something, or you always do the right thing, or you always know what to do. And it's like, listen, let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you all these things where I screwed up. Like I, I should have had two bucks down in October and I didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. bad setups, a miss, um, you know, brushing shots, you know, scouting in and just being too aggressive or just doing things when I shouldn't have, not following my gut. Like I make these mistakes constantly, bumping deer because I was getting sloppy. So there's there's tons of that mixed in with the success. But it was a good year, man. I it was a good year for the confidence. I had fun. Last year I hunted kind of heavy on the mule deer side, which I love mule deer hunting. Um and it's something I'm you know, I'm always trying to do more of, but I, I took three mule deer tra- trips last year and that really ate into my whitetail hunting. And I mean, whitetail is my first love, but I was just like, you know, I'd rather mule deer hunt. So it didn't really bother me. But then once like late October, November came and I like, didn't have as much time to whitetail hunt. I was like, yeah, oh my God, like I missed this. Oh, you know? like I, I was so bummed. So this year I, you know, I was way more heavy on the whitetail stuff and it, it paid off, but yeah, it was a good season. Heck yeah. That's awesome. What, uh, what about this year? What are your plans for this year? Are you going out of state a couple of times or not yeah, really sure? Yet? Um, still trying to plan it all out. Um, I'm going to hopefully do a bear hunt. Um, I'd like to get down and hunt the axis deer again. Um, you know, if we can, if we can, uh, if we can get on that place, we'll see that would be in June. Um, uh, definitely the Turkey stuff. We'll do a little bit of turkey hunting. As far as whitetail right now, um, I mean, there's going to be Michigan always. There'll be Ohio always. Um, very good chance I go back to Indiana. I have not been there in like 10 years. Um, okay. But very good chance I go back for the to last Indiana. couple of years. I've been okay. loving Indiana. Oh, man. It's yep. great. Yeah. Yeah. My, my best friend moved. He's from Indiana, lived up in Michigan. He just moved back. Okay. So um, he's kind of like, I, I hunt alone a lot. Um, but him and I have hunted quite a bit together and I, I really like hunting with him. So, um, that kind of gives me an excuse to go a place to stay and just, yeah. you know, to be, able to be able to see him. Um, I am going to apply for Kansas, which I should draw. That'll be my first time hunting Kansas. Okay. Um, so that'll be my main, I'm kind of banking on Kansas being like my main whitetail tag, meaning I don't want to stack on too much on top of that. Yeah. Um, if I have to go back to Kansas two, three times, I want to be able to do that. Um, and if I, if I try to plan too much, I won't be able to, because I, I will not be able to go to Kansas for like seven to 10 days. It's going to be three, four days, then maybe three or four days, a lot of driving, you know, something like that. Um, and then depending on how those Michigan tags go, Ohio, you know, that's where I fill in like with Indiana maybe a Maryland, okay. maybe back, maybe back to Kentucky. So I plan, but I don't like plan everything. I keep things very flexible, very fluid. And depending on how the season goes, like, you know, there might be two big, real big bucks in Michigan, unlikely, but two big bucks in Michigan. And it's like, man, I need to spend more time here. Mm-hmm. Or it might be, I can't find a single buck here in Michigan. I want to shoot. I need to get out of here. So I kind of give some flexibility to the season like that. So we'll I, see. I like that. I, I yeah. like that idea. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like last year when I mean, I had my Indiana trip, it was set in stone. It was the first week of November and it was 80 degrees the whole time we were there, you know, so it was terrible. Yeah. But in that flexibility makes it a lot nicer to be able to be like, all right, hey, 
it's 80 degrees. Why don't you only go hunt for two days? You don't do anything, go back later. So I like that idea. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do that. And it's, it's, it's hard with work and my daughter's schedule, but you know, I just try to work around it. And if it's, if it's only, I can get in two, three days, then I just, you know, I just go for it. And I'm a little more aggressive on, on those times where I only have a couple of days. Then if I have, you know, if it's something where it's a little bit closer to home, you know, I might be a little more patient and, uh, you know, I just, I'm always kind of like fine tuning my approach depending on where I'm going, how long I have, what my goals are, that kind of thing. So we'll see. Gotcha. Right on. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, if guys want to find you, where do they, uh, where they find you at? Yeah, I really just, uh, I post some stuff on Instagram, not a whole lot. Um, but yeah. if I, if I have some success, I usually like to, you know, share some pictures, a little bit about the hunt. Um, you know, I always try to, I always try to add a little bit of context to it just so guys kind of know how the hunt went or what went into it yeah. or you know if i made a mistake like i talked about that one buck where i where i bumped him you know and it was you know i went in there and i was a little too aggressive and almost cost my cost my chance you know but i was able to make it work so yeah try to, i try to add a little bit of there so it's not just a grip and grin but um yeah just stuff like that maybe some highlights if i'm out scouting i see something interesting or catch something cool on video with my phone or something i'll throw it on there but other than that not too much but it's it's bow hunting dad on instagram if you type in that or andy may i think it should come up gotcha all right man well thanks dude i'll let you go and uh, get out there and go find the next booner all right that's right man thank you good luck. all right buddy yep thank you